Hello, friends. It's a blessing to share with you on Soul Talks. We're Bill and Christy Galtier, psychotherapists and the founders of Soul Shepherding. Keep your soul diligently, we read in the Bible. That's because being renewed in God is the source of our love, joy, peace, and power. Our prayer is to further your discipleship to the Lord Jesus and your ministry to others. Bill, it was so fun in church on Sunday to sit down and then to find out at our meet and greet time that we were sitting next to some of our fellow apprentices to Jesus in the kingdom of the heavens and Soul Talk listeners. Yeah, Mark and Rhonda Hughes. Yeah, Mark and Rhonda, that was fun. And we, we said we would think of you next time we're recording a podcast, and we are thinking about you, picturing your sweet faces and thanking God for you and your devotion to Christ. Such a privilege to have you. and and all of you that are listening to Soul Talks each week with us. Thank you for pursuing Christ with us. Thanks for sharing your questions and your comments. We appreciate hearing from you and what the Lord is doing in your lives and how he's using Soul Talks to help your life, your ministry, your relationships, your family. It sure is an encouragement. So we thank God for you. So how are you today, honey? Well, I had an appointment with a pastor this morning that really brought up some tender feelings for me. and. Yeah, so it'd be helpful for me to process that. I'm interested, and I'm also curious. Thanks for trusting me, with letting me hear. And I'm trusting you, our listeners, too. So the subject of this, I want to just set some context for us all. Uh, I'm going to read some verses here from Ephesians 5, but we're going to talk about alcohol and the Holy Spirit. And Paul says, Be very careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Ephesians five fifteen to 21. So just a couple of comments before I share the experience I had and the feelings that came up for me and the prayers that came up for me. Paul is teaching us here on being sober-minded and alert uh, to the presence of the Lord and to God's will and uh, encouraging us to be mindful of the fact that everywhere we go, we're, we're a witness for Christ. People are looking at our lives and our demeanor, and we have an opportunity to represent the Lord, not just by speaking for him, but by our character, our personality, uh, the way that we care for people, the way that we do what we do. And in particular, he draws out the problem of drunkenness and drinking too much alcohol, and that this really gets in the way of our ability to discern and understand what the Lord's will is, and it compromises our witness. And then he really gets to the heart of the issue and essentially is saying, well, why would you want to drink too much when you could be filled with the Holy Spirit and the joy and presence of God? And instead of finding your happiness and your relaxation and your socializing and your bonding by having too much to drink, wouldn't it be better to speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs and make music in your hearts to the Lord? That's the best joy and connecting agent in our relationships and our community and 
the best purposefulness of life is to be drawn to Jesus in the moment and living our lives with the Lord. And he says, we want to be the kind of people that would always give thanks to God the Father for everything and everything that we do, that we would be doing with the Lord. It doesn't mean we're always talking about God or always speaking in Psalms or always praying out loud for people. It just means that we're carrying on as though Jesus is right in the midst of us and we're doing the kinds of things that he would be doing if he was us and because the Lord is in the midst and that's the best life. And then he also, in that last verse there in 21, lest we think this is like religious stuff or all spiritual stuff, he says, well, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. The point being that your relationship with God and your relationship with people is totally intertwined. Mm -hmm. And in order to be devoted to the Lord, we need to also be in submission to one another out of reverence for Christ. So our listeners might not know, but some years ago, I essentially took a Nazarite vow of sorts, which means I don't drink and I don't have uh, an issue with drinking. I've never had a problem with drinking. I don't judge people that drink. I don't think it's a problem to be a Christian and drink alcohol. We have family members that enjoy having a drink now and again, and I'm fine with that. So I'm not a teetotaler and I'm not on a crusade here about that issue, but I've chosen not to drink. And sometimes I actually feel judged by that, by some of my friends, unfortunately. I don't mean to be making a statement, but for me, it's just a simple way that I just remind myself that I don't need that for socializing or being relaxed or being happy. And uh, there are other things that I abstain from. That's Mm -hmm. just an easy thing uh, to do that with. And then additionally, I'm an ordained pastor, uh, but I'm not ordained through a church. And my ordination comes through a larger governing body and they have a code of ethics and it's a pretty squeaky clean organization. And so part of my covenant is that I sign that I'm not using alcohol and other things like that. And uh, I decided, well, I'm fine with signing that because I live that way anyway for personal reasons. So that's a little bit of context here. So I had a conversation with somebody, of course, this is confidential, so I'm going to protect uh, details, but was talking with a pastor and some things that he was sharing with me about some other leaders uh, in his life who are Christian people and with some stories of them drinking too much. To me, it would appear to be drunkenness, although they might not think of it that way. And I just felt really sad. Mm. Tell me more, honey, what you were feeling. Well, I was feeling for Jesus. Mm. And I was feeling like, well, here is this, um, these people uh, in my friend's life who are committed Christians, and they seek to be a witness for Christ. And they come out of a prayer meeting, and then they have this social group that meets, and it's really centered around a lot of drinking. And people are drinking too much. It's a lot of joking and jesting and gossip and judging of people and complaining and small talk. Nobody is talking about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Nobody would pray for somebody in that meeting. Nobody would share like something the Lord's been teaching them or how they've been encouraged by a scripture passage that week. Nobody ever shares something like, because my friend has been in those meetings, Mm -hmm. uh, like share something from their heart that is an opportunity for some empathy. It's not connective. It's not bonding. It's not substantive. It's not Christ-centered. Yeah. So you said there that you were feeling some empathy for Jesus. Because I just imagine Jesus is sad. Like, I guess I'm not enough for these people. Mm. I'm not enough for them to build a life on enough for them to have a reason to meet together after a prayer meeting. For these Christian leaders, I guess I'm just sort of in a religious meeting. 
mm. where they say their prayers, they you know, read the scripture, and and that's all good, but it doesn't have anything to do with what comes next. Mm-hmm. And so it's like Jesus isn't there. And if they actually thought that he was there, they probably would be embarrassed. Well, or what What about the people that are thinking, well, wait a second, Bill, Jesus partied with people, and he was criticized for that. Yeah, and I think we just need to really think about that and imagine ourselves at that gathering. I mean, could you imagine Jesus drinking too much? Could you imagine Jesus perpetuating a gathering where the gist of it is people talking about different kinds of alcohol, what they appreciate about the alcohol, this winery, that winery, all these fine wines. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but is, is that what's bonding us? Is that what we think about? Is that what's so important to us? Conversation that's degenerating into things that just aren't wholesome. It's not fruitful. It's not encouraging. It's not spiritual. It's not uh, vulnerable and intimate. It's not really helping anybody. I mean, it's relaxing. They're having fun. But some of these things are sliding into stuff that the scripture says is you know, not right, not righteous, not holy, not good, and mm-hmm. like like gossip and slander and judging people mm-hmm. and and drinking too much to the point where I mean, there's people like it's not safe for them to drive home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's it's concerning. It sounds like to you because you're seeing that these people's formation is more around wine than it is around. Christ, and maybe even what you're concerned about is that maybe even some of their fellowship is centered around their bond in wine and drinking rather than their bond in Christ. Yeah, I think it's helpful for you to use the word formation there, because I think that that really is the issue. And so, as I was listening to my friend share, and you know, this is an hour long conversation, so I'm asking questions. I'm listening, I'm empathizing, I'm drawing him out. Well, how did that feel for you? What was that like for you? And how do you want to live your life? And how are you relating to alcohol? What does that mean to you? And you know, it's just, it's just a conversation. But what I'm sharing here is that, well, I had feelings about it. Mm-hmm. And I was feeling sad. And at one point, there was part of me that was tempted to judge these people because these are Christian leaders. And I just thought, well, they're not looking at their life very closely here. We all make mistakes. We all have shortcomings. We all sin. And when, when something like this is a pattern, and this group does this a lot, and there's just a number of people in this group that have a significant problem with drinking, but they're all denying that because mm-hmm. my friend knows them well. Yeah. None of them think in terms of, gee, this was a sin. This was unwise. I wasn't being an effective disciple of Jesus here. This wasn't a good witness. This wasn't the best use of my time. Nobody seems to have those realizations because their behavior doesn't change. They're not working this through. When my friend has is, is tried to talk to some people about this, there's defensiveness. There's not an openness. It's like this part of their life, their drinking, their social hour, the way they gather together at their party, it's a separate thing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's in a different world than this prayer meeting that they go to regularly. So it sounds like you're feeling really sad because you're recognizing that they're missing out on a lot of good that God has for them and that living the vision God gives us of living our whole life in his presence, enthralled with him and his kingdom, participating with him in, in, in good and in doing all the good we can and in being, being enthralled with Jesus and his spirit. 
yeah, there's just an emptiness there in that life. So I started to ask myself, well, okay, so how about you, Bill? How are you dealing with this? I want to live one life. Mm-hmm. I want to live one life with Jesus in all that I do. And of course, I can't realize that ideal. And there are times that I'm distracted from the Lord's presence. There are times that I sway from the path of righteousness and I judge people or I am prideful about something or I'm given to overworking or ambition. And so it's important to me that I am aware of these things in my life and that I realize when I've been off course from being filled with the Spirit. What does Paul mean when he says that? Well, to be filled with the Spirit, on one hand, when you confess Christ as your Lord and Savior and you put your faith in Jesus and his death on the cross, his resurrection, and through Jesus you enter into the kingdom of the heavens, we're filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes to live in us. Our body's a temple of the Holy Spirit. But Paul is talking about the manifest presence of the Spirit, about a lifestyle, about an attitude, the renewing of the mind, and a consciousness and appreciation and a reliance on God's presence with us as we do what we do. And so those are, are different things. You've got our becoming born again and being regenerated by the Holy Spirit, and then you've got the life of working that out, what's theologically called sanctification. And so I ask myself, well, well how am I doing in my walk in the Spirit? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we talk about that together, too. And how are we doing with our walk in the Spirit and what's getting in the way or what desires are enticing us, competing for me? Am I thinking more about wanting to have ice cream and cookies and dessert and chocolate? Or, and is that a distraction that's keeping me from really tasting and seeing the Lord is good for me now? And Yeah, and you would say uh, it's a good thing to have ice cream, and we enjoy some ice cream together most nights, but you especially are pretty careful. You don't don't have eight scoops. (laughs) You might like to have eight scoops. You usually have one that's pretty small, (laughs) and you enjoy that. Yeah. But what you're saying is really a, a great example of how to apply Paul's teaching to the Corinthians, where he says, well, everything is permissible for me, everything that's not sinful, of course, but not everything is beneficial. Mm-hmm. And I think Paul would say that about alcohol and wine and chocolate and watching sports and uh, lots of things. Mm-hmm. That's like, well, yeah, that, that's permissible. That's fine. Just do it with the Lord mm-hmm. and do it underneath the Lord's governance in your life. And just keep asking the question, you know, now and again, don't get obsessive about it, but is this benefiting me? Mm-hmm. Is it benefiting my soul? Is it benefiting my relationship with God? Is it benefiting the people around me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm feeling sad because these Christian leaders do not seem to be asking that question around this mm-hmm. activity. Mm-hmm. And so it just makes me want to redouble my own devotion to the Lord and being authentic about that. And I think I mentioned to our listeners a while back, I know you know this, Christy, but during the, the middle of the baseball season, I took a couple-month hiatus from mm-hmm. checking on the, the sports scores. And, you know, it's this world we live in today is an amazing thing. I got this little app on my phone called MLB and I just click on that. And within seconds, I get all the scores, all the highlights, what's going on. And yeah, it's, it's fun. I like mm-hmm. that. And of course, that's something permissible. That's entertainment. That's a hobby. That's, you can do that with Jesus. But, you know, I, I can tend towards being obsessive and, and I can get so that I'm checking in a lot mm-hmm. and uh, enjoy it. So I start looking forward to it. And sure. there's no sin here. There's nothing wrong with this. But at some point, I might begin to be formed, mm-hmm. back to the words you used, Christine. Mm-hmm. I might start being shaped around, well, this is what I'm looking forward to. And mm-hmm. when I'm tired, 
and I want to rest, or I want to do something, oh, I want to check the baseball scores. Well, would I ever say that about Jesus, about prayer, about meditating on scripture, about having a soul conversation with you? Yeah, well, this is so important, honey, because something that you've really helped me with is the importance of cultivating longing for God and for Christ mm. and appreciation. And, you know, in our world, it's easy for us to cultivate other longings. Mm-hmm. And it's subtle for us to not realize when those longings start to take precedence and priority. So I really appreciate your heart of empathy for the Lord and your heart of love for these people. You know what they're missing and what you want is good for them. You want them to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to be alive and to have souls fully alive and rejoicing in and connecting and enjoying the sweet fellowship that they could have during that time. And you have a vision of that. Yeah, I I wish I could just say to this group of drinking buddies and just say, do you long for Jesus? Is he your friend? Do you wish that you could be closer to him, be more devoted, have a life that's more touched with the presence of the Holy Spirit, more anointed, has more impact for God? I just think for all of us, I, I just would be my prayer for you listening. In fact, I don't think there'd be anything more important that I could say to you would be, have you ever just in your mind and in prayer, just placed yourself before the cross of Christ and just said, oh, Jesus, you are everything to me. I love you. I truly just want to serve you with my life. I want to be your apprentice. I want to learn from you, Lord, how to live my life as you would live it if you were me. Teach me, Jesus. Teach me how to be the kind of spouse that you would be if you were me, the kind of friend, the kind of worker, the kind of minister in my ministry, whatever that is, my church, my group. Oh, Lord, you are everything to me, and I want to learn to live that out. You're the sweetness of life, Lord Jesus. Father, Son, and Spirit, enfold me in your community and help me be the kind of person that as I walk about in this world, that I wear the clothing of the world loosely, as St. Francis said. And what's on my heart, what's on my lips, is the honey-sweet name of Jesus. And I'm looking for opportunities. God, I want to be the kind of person that's looking for opportunities to praise you, to trust you, to speak of you when it would be relevant and helpful to somebody. I want to do all that I do with you and for you, Lord. Thank you, God. You're so good. It's the best life. It's the best life. Forgive us, Lord, when we become devoted to other things and we worry about things that have nothing to do with your kingdom. And it's just a sign that we're, we're really off track. We're running our own life. We're trying to secure things. Forgive us, Lord. Wash us. Wash us, oh God, in the blood of Jesus. Cleanse us. Give us a larger vision for life. As Ray Ortland said to me, such precious words. Oh, Bill, be all and only for Jesus. It's the best life. It's the most joy, the richest, the fullest life. Praise you, God. You're that wonderful. In Jesus' name we pray, praying for a blessing on each of our listeners. Amen. Amen. hope you'll share Soul Talks with a friend. You can do that on iTunes or soulshepherding.org. And we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us through our website or on Facebook. Let us know about your experience with Soul Talks. Until next time, 
Let's continue our conversation with Christ.